0: Hello and welcome to the Björknes podcast. I'm Stephen Alton here once again with my colleague Ingil Pilskog. Good day. And we work for the Björknes Centre for Climate Research. Today we're talking about heat waves, periods of persistent, extremely high temperatures that have become an increasing problem in recent decades. Heat waves are one of the four core events focused on by the Extremes Grand Challenge put forward by the World Climate Research Programme. But what are heat waves? Why are they so devastating to society? And how will they change in a warming world? We're joined today by Igor Azal, a senior researcher at the Nansen Centre here in Bergen. Igor, Hi welcome. You.
1: Thank you. What do we mean when we say heat wave? Well, uh, scientists. Uh Scientists do not have a very consistent definition yet, but uh, uh, generally uh, it is understood by people and uh, researchers as well that there should be a period of anomalously high temperature, in many cases extremely high temperature, and this period should be at least uh, for three days or longer. If we are uh, looking a little bit more on this definition and involve uh, Uh, definition from the World Health Organization, then uh, we will see that um, a human being need at least a few hours in nighttime when temperature is below 25 degrees centigrade. So uh, heat waves become really influential and impactful uh, if uh, uh, we don't have such a period for uh, three days or uh, three nights or longer. So you say there's no specific definition. Um, As I understand
0: it, there's actually like loads of definitions, but there's no standard one. So if we have a period where you have extreme heats for three days or more over Europe, it could be that the French Met Service turns around and says, this is a heat wave, but the Dutch Met Service just across the border says, oh, this isn't a heat wave, just because of different definitions?
1: Yeah, definitions play a quite significant role here. And it also depends uh, uh, how often we observe high temperature in one or another uh, country. Definitely, if we are talking about uh, say, Mediterranean countries or uh, tropical countries, uh, they, are, uh, they, they experience high temperature more uh, frequent and temperature generally higher there. So they may not consider uh, as in your example, France may not consider uh, this as a heat wave simply because they observe those temperatures every year. But on the other uh, side, Ni- the Netherlands, which is a more temperate country uh, with a mild variation of temperatures, uh, will see this as a heat wave and temperature extreme. If we go uh, even further north, then of course we will not see such a high temperature which is normal in our latitudes. But still it will be, uh, it could be a quite extreme uh, temperatures there. Even 21 degrees on Svalbard as we had this year is a very uh, extreme temperature there.
0: So it's very much a case of not high temperatures but anomalously high temperatures for that location. Yes. We've talked a little bit on the show previously about large-scale atmospheric structures and the fact that climate models can predict them reasonably well. So that kind of suggests we can predict heat waves
1: reasonably well. Yeah, is that true? We are actually predicting heat waves uh, quite well because if uh, we have observed High pressure in one location, so-called blocking, we have observed for three days. Then our numerical weather prediction uh, models have already the information sufficient to forecast that it will last for the next, next, and next week. That uh, if you if you look at actual weather forecasts, and you can see it's very difficult to uh, say whether the first three days will be of good weather but when we have already three days of good weather then uh, they predict in quite well that the next couple of weeks we will enjoy mm. this.
0: So if we've got a heat wave we can predict how long it's going to be there but predicting when one's going to start is trickier. Yes. Mm. But there's a little bit of a difference here isn't there? I mean one thing we've talked about previously is that extremes can be quite local in, in some ways. Uh, A storm comes into southern Norway, and all of southern Norway feels it, but you could have heavy rainfall on one side of a mountain, but not on the other. So extremes actually become quite local. The really heavy impacts are quite localized. Is this true with
1: heat waves as well? Well, not uh, to that degree as we have with uh, uh, heavy rainfalls, because uh, the source of rainfalls are relatively small clouds. Mm. Class, but the heat wave is related to large scale, 1,000 kilometer uh, scale synoptic system with a system in the air. But nevertheless, if we are talking about uh, the very high extremes, uh, they are also quite uh, local. They depend on uh, um, the position of uh, uh, local Uh, local circulations where this uh, hot air is actually going and uh, how much solar heating is absorbed by local soils. uh, Maybe it's trapped in some areas.
2: So an urban area with lack of forest and open soil will be worse hit than an open field with a lot
1: of air circulation. Uh, This is very right uh, notion. In fact, even in normal weather, urban areas are significantly warmer than surrounding countryside. Mm. And that is known since at least the beginning of 19th century for London, at Mm. least. Uh, Our uh, study shows that this is true even for small places, especially when we have this uh, uh, stable, Anticyclonic high pressure conditions, where warm air simply doesn't go anywhere. But uh, in addition, there are a strong, um, a strong absorption of solar radiation by dark and dry urban uh, surfaces, and storage of this heat between houses, between buildings, uh, so that even in nighttime, uh, urban areas remain significantly. Uh, warmer uh, than uh, their countryside. So uh, the heat waves are exacerbated in uh, uh, urban areas. Uh, They are significantly uh, stronger, higher temperatures and last uh, longer.
0: So talking about urban areas, we're now talking a lot about where people live, where society is concentrated. So this brings us a lot Away from just what is a heat wave and more on to what are the impacts of a heat wave. Um, so, what actually is the sort of scale of societal and
1: economic impact of heat waves? Yeah, the, uh, the heat waves got so much attention because they have so big impact on the most populated areas, on urban areas. Uh, we all can see in news reports uh, how people suffer in the middle of uh, mega policies, uh, uh, looking for shade and water mm-hmm. and uh, a- other ways how to hide themselves from, from this heat. And that, uh, of course, media attention plus real impact on so many uh, people makes uh, uh, heat waves so uh, impactful relative to other weather events, but um, also we should uh, look at uh, objective indicators. Uh, wor- the World Health uh, Organization, for instance, uh, gives a number that uh, more than 166,000 people have died uh, from heat waves reasons between 1999 and 2017. That's a That's quite significant impact. Less than
0: 20 years and it's 100,000 yes. deaths. Uh,
1: some heat waves are really deadly, uh, like um, the European heat wave in 2003.
0: The deaths in Paris, particularly, were yeah. really bad.
1: Yeah. It cost 70,000 uh, excess deaths, yep. which yep. is uh, over 15 days. So it yep. is more than comparable with the current situation uh, at the peak of. Uh, Pandemic. Uh, If we uh, look at 2020, this year, heat wave in France and uh, UK, uh, the number is uh, 2,500 excess deaths, out of them 900 in UK alone.
2: And then you can think that maybe we learned something from 2003 which mitigated people uh, or some excess deaths
1: yeah we indeed have learned quite a lot from uh, 2003 uh, actually after that heat wave uh, several uh, big uh, programs have been launched to investigate the causes and uh, impact of uh, heat waves also to find out how can we respond to heat waves uh, design uh, protective measures but uh, uh, we are still uh, experienced quite a lot and not only because we are l- too lazy uh, to learn something from this but also because heat waves becomes more and more frequent and uh, uh, more and more um, extreme so after 2003 we can mention for instance the heat waves in russia in 2010 okay. uh, which in moscow alone caused 11000 uh, excess deaths, and uh, uh, so on. In Europe, we have heat waves in 2018, 2019, 2020.
0: It just keeps going.
1: And mm. it just keeps going. I mean,
0: so far, we've, all we're mentioning at this point is just excess heat leading to deaths. And I, this is excess, excessive heat is one of the leading causes of weather-related deaths in the world. Um, But heat waves have a lot of other effects as well, Uh, they exacerbate droughts, this is something that California especially has seen in recent years. Uh, They create wildfire conditions, Australia in 2019 was unparalleled in terms of the the sort of area that was burned, Um, but even I mean we see this California wildfires, Australia wildfires but even here in Europe, it's hitting us. Uh, in the 2003 case, uh, Portugal lost three and a half thousand kilometres of forest and agricultural land to wildfires caused by heatwaves, and that's that. That cost them a billion dollar, a billion euros, was actually the bill for that one. And that's this. And heatwaves also affect air quality, and they have societal impacts such as uh, uh, on agriculture. I mean, humans aren't the only ones that need the sort of period of cooling down at night, even crops require that. Um, we lose power loss, we get bending and melting of roads. Um, you mentioned some of the heat waves that hit like London and the UK. Um, in 2013, the heat wave then, they actually used gritters sort of the, that you'd normally see in the winter time for snow. they were using this to grit the tarmac that was all melting because the road was melting. So I mean there's, there's an awful lot of different impacts of heat waves beyond just pure heat.
1: Yeah, that's true, that many impacts uh, we will uh, have when temperature is in uh, extreme uh, range. And uh, of course some uh, people can say uh, what's, uh, what is a surprise there, some tropical countries have these temperatures every year, so why not, we will also be adjust to this, but the problem Uh, is that we have to adjust not only our society, but also the way we are uh, living Uh, in the northern country. We are not usually, we don't have usually air conditioning, and uh, we uh, just opposite, we are looking for sun. Instead of uh, uh, coloring our houses white, we uh, try to use other colors, black, uh, to uh, keep warm, uh, so on, uh, but uh, we also should mention uh, the social uh, aspect, uh, socio economical aspect of uh, heat waves. They are preferably heating uh, those who are not in the position to adapt uh, themselves to the heat waves. A study of uh, urban temperatures in in New York and uh, Portland, which is quite known nowadays due to other reasons, but the stu- uh, study uh, shown that temperatures in the city blocks, city districts uh, with the lowest income considerably higher than temperature in uh, other income. Uh, on the net you can easily find a map of Los Angeles where income and uh, means urban temperature plotted and they are plotted. Exactly in opposite uh, correlation: The higher income you have, the lower temperature you will enjoy (laughs) uh, there. The heat waves in uh, developing countries are strongly uh, under-appreciated. If in Europe in 20th century uh, there were reported 140,000 excess deaths. In Africa it was reported only 73. Mm. While the study of temperature extreme uh, have shown that the heat waves in uh, uh, in Africa is significantly larger uh, than in other parts of the world. Mm.
0: So it's definitely uh, uneven situation of who is getting the most impact from this, who's bearing the brunt of this?
1: Yeah, We are over-focused on what happens in summer in in Europe, but we are able to, most of us are able to adapt uh, to this, but in uh, other countries where uh, temperature is significantly higher than Mm -hmm. we experience here in Europe, Uh, people simply have nowhere to go Mm -hmm. and no uh, means to adapt. Uh, just uh, just look at what happens right now in the uh, Middle East with a temperature around 50 degrees mm. centigrade in September. It's uh, absolutely unprecedented. Yeah. Mm.
0: And this has also happened uh, last year in India. Um, they had the second longest heat wave they've ever experienced. And that wasn't three days, that was 32 days under heat wave conditions. And some of the places there were reaching 50 degrees and it was it's just sort of devastating. this is something that, as you said, as you've mentioned, compared to heat waves back in the twentieth century, the number of heat waves we are seeing is definitely increasing from from all the evidence um, and there's been i mean July last year was considered the sort of hottest month ever recorded globally. it wasn't isolated to one region, it wasn't. Europe had the hottest ever, or America was the hottest ever. It was the hottest the whole planet had ever been for one month. Um, So, I mean, one area that has made the news a lot this year and has really suffered the brunt this year, seems to have been uh, in Siberia.
1: Uh, Yes, Uh, this year uh, we have quite extreme heat wave, uh, generally in Arctic, not only in Siberia. Uh, but uh, Siberia got uh, a lot of early attention because this heat, uh, heat wave started already in winter time. Mm-hmm. In uh, February in eastern Siberia, the temperatures w- were uh, mean temperatures were uh, around minus 10 degrees centigrade. It doesn't look particularly hot, but uh, normally it should be minus 40. Mm.
2: So, so it's a it large is difference. A large
1: <laughs> difference. Mild winter lead to a strong reduction of uh, snow cover, early snow melt. And this early snow melt uh, opened bare soil for uh, solar solar heating already in May. So temperature rose to unprecedented uh, numbers. In Norilsk, we uh, registered in, uh, in, in, in the end of May um, temperatures 15 degrees higher than uh, it should be uh, in this area.
2: Are there any atmospheric conditions that we can say that this was a heat wave and not just the new normal for the area?
1: Definitely, we are, we are talking about <laughs> climate change and global warming. Warming, if, if you want to know how global warming looks like, it mm. looks like this. So it is really warm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so indeed, uh, the Arctic with uh, it, its amplified warming will demonstrate uh, amplified warm temperatures and extreme uh, heat. Tempera- uh, extremely high temperatures will be normal in this uh, uh, region with uh, time. But uh, so far, if we look in the, pa- to the past, um, we have. Uh, beaten all records. So mm. 2020, mm. it's uh, highest temperature in uh, May, in uh, June. Um, if not we uh, talking about winter, really high temperature in uh, the beginning of summer, and then it continued to July and August in some places. Mm. In uh, one village, uh, Verkhoyansk, which is above uh, polar circle, it was registered. Stedgerine plus 38 degrees and uh, that temperature you are not expecting to get even in.
0: 38 degrees (laughs) inside the Arctic Circle, Mm. that was actually the highest temperature. Their their records there go back 135 years and that's the highest temperature they've ever recorded. So that's in the last 49,000 days that was the highest temp that was the hottest day it was this year forty nine thousand
1: yeah uh, according to the last uh, very recent uh, study mm. the probability of this uh, temperature is something like one uh, one time per thirteen thousand years, mm. and now, after it happened it w- it is re-evaluated re- to be every 600 years, so still quite rare event, but uh, mm. uh, we have significant uh, increase of uh, probability of these high temperatures in the Arctic.
0: So, I mean, we we are experiencing climate change. And we, ha- we have a warming world and it is amplified in the Arctic, temperatures there are rising two to three times as fast. Um, so how, if our models are doing reasonably well at predicting heat waves. What are they predicting for heat waves for the future, for you know the rest of this
1: century? Uh, yeah, the pre- prediction is uh, quite certain. The number and uh, frequency and uh, duration of heat waves uh, will uh, increase. Extremity of uh, temperature records will also uh, increase. And uh, this trend is actually quite, um quite well uh, observable even in reanalysis so with retrospective weather analysis data mm-hmm. uh, beginning uh, 1990 uh, uh, 90 at least uh, But in uh, Arctic areas uh, uh, such uh, very high temperatures are probably caused by specific combination of uh, uh, events in in this year it was. Uh, Particularly low pressure over uh, the Arctic Ocean, which I- which is in turn ca- related to the thin uh, sea ice there. But uh, this uh, low pressure uh, leads to um, advection of uh, warm air in the area, and then it's uh, I- in clear sky conditions, warm additionally in uh, those area, creating such a ex- such extreme uh, conditions. Yeah.
0: You mentioned that. Um, I mean, it's, it's visible even in like reanalysis, sort of 1990. I think this is something that's perhaps a little underestimated, is just how fast the situation is changing, particularly with heat weights. Um, we talked a little bit at the beginning about how there were different definitions. One of the definitions was put forward in 2002. So that's only 18 years ago they put forward this definition. And they said that it had to be an uh, anomalous temperature Anomalously high temperatures compared to a reference period, and their reference period selected was 1961 to 1990, which was quite a commonly used reference period. But nowadays, using that as a reference period, you would have heat waves pretty much all summer consistently because we're we get just getting so hot in so many places.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> we we need to redefine our normal uh, conditions again, and then. Uh, heat waves probably will be much more rare. But just uh, to give you a flavor of this uh, uh, power of redefinition, Uh, the heat wave similar to 2003 in in UK Mm -hmm. uh, was observed in 1757, and that was the highest temperature in July, over 400 years. And mm. now we have 2003, and practically immediately after that, uh, the uh, row of new heat waves, one higher than another. Yep.
0: Mm. Uh, is, this a, is this perhaps a cause for some concern? You mentioned the sort of social inequality of heat waves and how they affect people. Is there a certain danger that we will effectively? Uh, redefine a heat wave so that it's not really that serious or not that concerning in some way. We redefine our normal and we forget just quite how devastating these are compared to you know, 30 or 40 years ago when, when many houses were built, when many environment cities were built. Um, you know, it's quite a different situation now.
1: Uh, that is a real, real danger if we will just follow the statistical approach and define the heat waves as a f- upper five percentile of observed uh, temperatures. I believe that we should stay with uh, um, the definition of the World Health Organization as a temperature of three uh, consequent days and nights above uh, f- 25 degrees, because mm-hmm. that's really uh, have an impact on humans yeah. and also on other biological part of our ecosystem.
0: And that 25 degrees goes back to that idea of heat index of when you need to start hitting caution and when you, when you actually start hitting dangerous. Right. It's nothing to do with where you live, what the local temperature normally is. It's really about the devastation it causes to yes. people. And This, I mean, with all of these different elements of heat waves and their impacts, the impacts of very high temperatures, both on society, uh, uh, social infrastructure, uh, plants, ecosystems and of course the impacts of sort of uh, environmental uh, atmospheric and on the cryosphere, you mentioned like uh, snow removal to expose land and so on. This has got to make studying heat waves an incredibly difficult field. I mean, it's beyond an atmospheric scientist or it's a beyond
1: a biologist. It's got to be interdisciplinary. Study of the Earth system is uh, always interdisciplinary uh, enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, when we are talking about the extreme events, we uh, should pay pati- particular attention to whom this event is uh, extreme. Mm. Probably for tourists visiting uh, Longyearbyen uh, that is uh, nice weather conditions uh, Mm. to be there in plus 20 degrees, plus 15 degrees as we have experienced this year, Mm. but uh, for local ecosystem and its impact on uh, regional and global climate that is devastating.
0: So with all of these conditions, how can we um, Adapt to future heat waves uh, to better deal with this? Are there ways to sort of move forward and build resilience in society?
1: That's difficult uh, to answer this question. Of course, uh, mega cities, uh, which have the largest impact of uh, heat waves, also have uh, quite significant. Uh, means and uh, technologies uh, to counteract. They may introduce green roofs, water sprinkles, uh, some some other measures, uh, larger parks area, and so on. But all those measures are working only until your heat uh, extremes are relatively, uh, relatively mild. If we are crossing to another area, if there is really long heat waves or those heat waves are following every summer, Mm. then you need to make drastic measures which are impossible to do in uh, our uh, concrete urban planning. You you cannot rebuild the whole city (laughs) (laughs) only because of this uh, uh, measure. So we can mitigate up to a point and then it
0: becomes really difficult to actually adapt
2: to. So there will be areas then where both the humidity and the temperature will make it just impossible for humans to live there during a summer, for example?
1: Well, humans are quite uh, inventive creatures. (laughs) 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 They (laughs) can do a lot (laughs) if they are living uh, in all places, from hottest deserts to coldest uh, Arctic rims, then uh, they will find a way. But uh, the problem is that, of course, the local lifestyle will be lost. and. a lot of uh, new investment uh, will be needed uh, to readjust uh, to, to new conditions.
0: So, once again, we're coming to the end of the show. We'd like to thank our guest, Igor Zau, for talking with us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming. Heat waves continue to cause large numbers of deaths every year, along with huge financial losses. And the projections are for this to only get worse. Their complex nature and the wide variety of factors shaping their impacts makes them challenging to study and predict, requiring an interdisciplinary approach. But improving local climate knowledge and developing a better understanding of how heat impacts urban areas could help mitigate the worst of the impacts and help soften the blow. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll tune in again next time. From myself, Stephen Alton, and my colleague, Ingil Pilskod, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.
2: You have now been listening to a podcast from the Bjergne Center for Climate Research. The center is a collaboration between the University of Bergen, the Norwegian Research Center NORS, the Nansen Environmental and Remote Sensing Center, and the Institute of Marine Research, IMR. The music is from Lee Rosevere, Arcade Montage, BY 3.0. Editor and responsible for the podcast is I, Ingel Pilskog, Associated Professor at the Western Norway University of Applied Sciences. The recording was done at University of Bergen Laban at Media City Bergen.